once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, you are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Holly and Curtis, and today we are joined by John from Conan, so we're going to talk all stuff doom metal, it's going to be wonderful. Um, so thank you, John, very much for coming on today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, so I want to start off the questions here. Um, I know Holly didn't put this in here, but we should always do like a brief uh, introduction of who you are, um, the nutshell version of possible. I know you've been on the podcast before with me and Corey, but just for anybody yeah. who hasn't heard in the past okay well my name's john i play guitar and try to sing in the uh, uk and ireland based heavy metal band conan very succinct very succinct yeah. i like it there we go cool uh, so i'll start with the questions then so um you recently released a new album a couple weeks i think it was a couple weeks ago might have been last month at this rate I don't even 19th know. of august 19th of August. It's been that long. Holy shit. Time's flying, isn't yeah. it? Cool. Yeah, it's crazy. So what's the response been like so far since you released it? Uh, it's been great. It's been really good. Um, it's kind of been as we as we expected, to be honest with you, without being big headed or anything. I know like we've we 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 knew we we knew we had a good album, honestly, when we were writing it and when we got on the studio towards the end of last year, we knew that at least it would sound kind of fresh and not like groundbreakingly new, but we knew there was enough in there to um, attract newer fans and also satisfy the ones that we have. I always have this weird thing with bands, like bands that I'm a fan of. When I discover them, I tend not to like the albums that they write after the point at which I discover them. Mm-hmm. I've had that with I've had that with so many of my favorite bands, like. Same. Like Anthrax, for example, I discovered them uh, around about the, the, when when the latest album was um, uh, Resistance of Time, and then everything after that, I struggled to get into. Honestly, it didn't help that they changed vocalist to John Bush or whatever. But I had a similar thing with lots of bands that I'm into now. So we always have that in mind when we're writing our own albums. We, I always kind of like I don't know, try and make sure that we don't stray too far from what we're good at but we diversify a little bit so that there's enough in there for current fans not to get fed up because we've changed too much and there's enough there's enough stuff in there for people who maybe weren't into us on our last album might like us on this new album yeah and um by listening to feedback putting in there whatever feels natural and yeah i think because of that we've Produced a delivered an album which has been quite popular generally. We've not really read any bad reviews apart from the Sleeping Shaman in England. So shame on them. They didn't uh, like it. Even, they didn't like it. I think he gave it like one or two out of ten or something like that. It was one of the first. It was it was one of the first reviews as well. And do you know what? They, I, I'm really good friends at Lee who does mm-hmm. or did own that particular website. And all I will say is bring back Adam Stone. Because his reviews were excellent, so um, um, shame on the sleeping shaman! How dare they not like us? Completely un- against all of the 
unwritten rules of doom metal. You're you're, you're going to get us in trouble now, but uh, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm joking. I in terms of their in terms of their opinion, even though they were wrong. Well, out of curiosity, though, just before Holly asks her next question, um, everything else was pretty much positive, other than just the one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there, 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 even in that review, there was cool stuff, and I, I enjoy reading them, whether they're good or bad. And um, it's good to get negative feedback, because how do you grow if you don't chop off a few leaves here and there? So that, that kind of thing doesn't bother me. Um, yeah, the, re the reviews have been brilliant. So, so we're really. Happy. I'm kind of going up another barking, barking up another tree, Holly. Forgive me. I, I know you get the next question, but he keeps saying stuff that makes me curious. Um, that's all glass. So I'm assuming, maybe I'm wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, you guys have had other negative reviews in the past, correct? Uh, no, never oh. had a never had a bad review. That's okay. why with the that's why we're one of the biggest heavy metal bands on earth because we Fair. never get bad reviews. Fair. Yeah, you guys are like Metallica, of course. I mean, come on. Yeah. Obviously, uh, but what I was going to ask you, in all seriousness, is how do you deal with negative negativity when someone comes up to you with negativity about Conan? And they're like, "This fucking sucks," or "It's not oh, their yeah. thing." Like, what do you, like? How do you deal like with that as the as the main guy in the band? Um, well, just by saying, "Well, thanks anyway." You know, never mind. Fair. We're still we're still heading to. I'm still playing in Sweden at the weekend. I'm still <laughs> heading to Canada at the end of the month. Yeah. What are you gonna what are, what are you doing next weekend? So that kind of thing just doesn't bother me. I'm from Liverpool, so I'm like I I, I love a fight. So if anyone says anything like that, anyone anyone says anything like that to me, I'm just like, okay, fine, no problem. But honestly, on a serious note, if we get negative feedback, it's like it's part and parcel of being we put our put ourselves out there. Yeah. You know, people either like it or they don't. So just to be I don't know, just be level-headed about it. I mean, we don't like throw a party every time there's a good review. Fair. At the same time, at the same time, we don't kick the cat when there's a bad review. You know, we just it. All reviews are cool. I read them all. I, I, it fascinates me that other people have taken the time to review the album. So, uh, whether the whether the review says it's good or bad, I appreciate it and I respect their opinion. And that, including this, the guy from the Sleeping Chamber. <laughs> I think this is the first time I've ever seen you call anybody out, John. That's why I was kind of surprised yeah. when you said that. So no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm hardly um, Kirk Cobain and Francis Farmer will have a revenge on Seattle. It's not quite like that. No, it, it's it's all good. They they know that we love them because they've been they've been very supportive of us all along. So they, they, just call call us. You can call us a bit of banter. Fair enough. Um, Holly, I'm going to let you ask your question now since I've hogged it for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I'm quite interested to ask you about the writing process, particularly sort of the inspiration behind the tracks on this album. Because um, okay. I was having a look around at some articles and news articles about the album, and I found some comments sort of saying that the album was a bit inspired by, you know, the global events of, of this year and last year. So I was wondering, did you find that maybe cathartic in some ways, writing about that sort of thing? Or was it maybe hard to write about because you're living through it at the same time? Um, the, the music itself, so forget the lyrics for a moment. Mm -hmm. The music itself was written, you know, we started writing it towards the end of 2019. That's when we... That's when we first went in the studio together to, to to work on tracks. And we had some demos from that period. We were on tour with the Cavalier, the Conspiracy, doing their um, um, Arise Beneath the Remains tour. 
So we were properly like in the mood to write some metal. So we went to Fowl Studio on our day off and we recorded some demos. And a lot of that, a lot of those riffs went on to the album. But in amongst all of that, obviously, like you say, the the events of the last couple of years or more have sort of not made the album sound a particular way, I don't think, because it kind of follows the established path of other albums for us. Apart from maybe we focused on trying to write longer songs generally, because that just felt like the right thing to do for reasons that I can't really put into words. It just just instinctively wanted to write longer songs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it took shape musically over the last couple of years, but really the bulk of the musical work kind of came together towards the end of last year, uh, October, November, when we got into the studio. After a frustrating period of Johnny, our drummer's in Ireland, so he wasn't able to get over here. So we had this, like, trying to write online didn't work really too well, but did a few good things. So when we got in, when we got in the studio together, and started doing those first songs um, that we'd sort of half written remotely, getting in the same room and writing, they came together super fast. So being a part and brewing these songs over the course of two years, I think kind of made them sound a bit more lived in than maybe evidence. I mean, accidental void guardians songs are because that album was written like on the fly came home from tour johnny had literally just joined the band we wrote the album and recorded it within a couple of weeks but this album like i say it, it, it sort of it's brewed over a long period of time when it came to the lyrics i had a few lines here and there like i always do on my phone i just written wrote some stuff down that stuff. like I, I like going on the rhythm there must be a scientific word for this but the rhythm of the syllables in a sentence is always something I've been kind of obsessed with, like how they fit around a drum beat or a riff. It's something that in my brain, something that I'm always conscious of, even when I'm talking, I'm, there's sometimes a drum beat behind what I'm saying. I'm like, oh my God, am I talking? Like, am I rapping here or am I just talking? And it's kind of like a weird like existence for me because I'm often like trying not to talk to a specific drum beat that's on my head. Maybe... I've got some sort of condition. I don't know, but that's that. That is how I live my life. But when the lyrics started to come together, um, I remember I was sat exactly where I am now, and it was the day before the evening before we recorded the vocals, and um, we had a few bits and bobs. And um, I remember that it was just as Russia were invading Ukraine, and I was on my computer just looking at what, just checking out what was going on online, and. Uh, the, the lyrics from most of the songs just started, we just wrote, I wrote them sort of over the next few hours while I was doing that. It wasn't my intention to write them with that in mind, but it definitely crept in there. And because that's what I was doing when I was writing the lyrics, you know, when I was, uh, and the, the, I think because of that, the lyrics, even though they're not about the war, like I've said before to other people, they're not about that. We're not Rage Against the Machine. We're not going to start writing about that kind of thing. But nevertheless, the the sort of like uh, feeling of sort of anger, frustration, fear, uh, you know, um, hope, they all came through in the lyrics. I just imagined how those people are directly involved in that war might feel, and that sort of made made me write the lyrics in a certain way. So, yeah, 
the, the, the lyrics for sure were influenced by the what's going on in Ukraine specifically, even though none of the songs are are about it. I wouldn't want to sit here and try and make out like we've written you know, this. This is dedicated to the people of Kherson or whatever. You know, it's not our place to do that. With all due respect, so um, yeah, I think we've wrote, written a, like a heavy Cohen album, which on a personal level to me was very cathartic, like you say, because it was sort of. Like I don't really enjoy the the process of writing an album. I prefer I prefer I I I like it all the way up. Sorry, I like it from the point at which we get to record, and when we've done the drums and the structure's all set and everything's done, I can relax a bit more then because I know that it's kind of the, the foundations are down, and then Chris then with him being a producer, sort of we just do the brickwork together and build build the album, you know. So, yeah, that's kind of a long one, wasn't it? But, yeah, it's definitely cathartic. Definitely cathartic. Not that I was sitting here pulling my hair out or anything, but, yeah, I, I, it was good to get the album finally down and recorded because it sort of been sat on my shoulders for, you know, almost, over two years. So, for that reason alone, it was a huge relief to get it get it written, you know. Did you... And actually, Sorry, John, go ahead. I, I, I love the, the the lyrics. I'm really proud of. They came together so fast, and they've got like a real drive to them. There's something uh, something about the lyrics that I just think are um, the I, I, the my favorite lyrics on any of the album up to now. And uh, yeah, some of some of my most favorite lines are on the album, and I just love singing. You know, righteous alliance set forth on a whisper of death, eyes glazed as they pass the test. You know, all of these kind of things just like still give me goosebumps now when I imagine what that might mean to some people when they listen to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Oops, I'm muted. Uh, so, John, I just had a quick follow up just about that. So, unless I'm mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, I probably am. Um, you started writing the album back in 2019. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I thought we yep. had a conversation about this at one point. Okay, good. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, but you said that the lyrics were written um, with with the war in mind and with other circumstances in mind. Did you have lyrics already at that point in time, like 2019, and it changed significantly or no, just out of no. curiosity? Okay. No, no I, I didn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say I had lyrics written then. Although okay. I, I always, I always carry around on my phone's notepad just a few lines here and there that kind of come to me when I'm, you know, absentmindedly doing things. Cool. Um, so we, um, yeah, I, I had a few lines, but honestly, the, the lyrics were, there was no way I was ready for the studio up Fair. until that. I left it to the very last minute, to be honest. And I, and I don't I don't normally do that, but um, it was, uh, it just fell out. It just came out that way. And yeah. all of a sudden, the lyrics came out all in one go. It's cool. kind of amazing. So there wasn't like a significant change between 2019 or whatever year it was to 2022. Between... No, it's okay. not. No, it's not like we had lyrics and then changed them for any reason. They just okay. had a few lines. That was all. Okay, cool. I was just curious on that. Um, now, I also had one more slight follow up, which is again kind of off what Holly had written for the questions. And again, so Holly, I'm sorry. Um, you guys tour with some bands that don't really seem to fit your genre 
like Cavalera Conspiracy, uh, Black Label Society. I don't really think it's part of your genre. Maybe I'm mistaken in that. Um, well, they are the do they are the Doom crew after all, so I guess we fit in there with them. So I, I I don't know. I don't th- I don't think of them, but anyways. Um, so how do you so how does that work with with you guys picking? Well, how does it work? How you guys figure out who you're going to tour with them? Because these are some off brand bands. So just curious uh, how that works. Well, I mean, if if we're going to tour with a band who's who's who, in most people's opinion, would be bigger than us. It makes sense for us to try and diversify a little bit. True. Um, True. You know, and try and play to a crowd that isn't like you know a regular doom metal crowd because they are. That is a that is a thing for sure. Um, so playing to Cavalier Conspiracy's crowd uh, was was great. There were there were lots of Conan shirts in the crowd, but oh. then there were lots there were lots of um, Sepultura shirts in the crowd, and that's great because I'm a massive Sepultura fan. I know. But you don't normally get you don't normally get Sepultura fans at our shows. Yeah. So to go and play to them, I'm like, oh yeah, that's like almost like completing the circle sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we got offered that tour, you know, like I'm friends with Gloria, Matt's wife, and um, the manager for 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 Soulfly, um, Cavalier Conspiracy, all of Max's projects, go ahead and die, you know, nail bomb. Yeah. And um when she offered us that tour, I was like, it was an absolute no brainer. You know, I would have, I would have, I would have, I would have gone out there with a different drummer and bassist if the other lads weren't available. Fortunately they were. So it was just a tour that we had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, with, in respect to um, Black Label Society, that was a tour that we got offered through their manager, Blasco, through our uh, booking agent over in America, Nathan. And again, it was a tour that we just couldn't turn down. It was like, I mean, the financially, it was not as what we would normally get. You know, we we got like a small fee yeah. instead of our own headlining fee. But it was worth it, just A, for the experience, and B, for the exposure. Yeah. Because, you know, while we were on that tour, I was taken out to dinner by the A&R guy from Century Media. I had an email off the top man in Relapse. Nice. Wanting to know if we were available. And we weren't then, but we are now. So we'll see what happens with that. And uh, that that was like just a cool time to be on tour. I mean, that that tour was I've done one of the most rock and roll things ever. Yeah. I had to fly home from a sister's wedding from Toronto, flew back to LA like the next day, and then I rented a Dodge Challenger, drove through the Mojave Desert up to Reno, Nevada, yeah. and um, got a, got a speeding ticket doing eighty five and a fifty five. Amazing. So. Yeah, so I had the whole like, am I going to be shot by a policeman thing as well? That was kind of interesting. Nice. And uh, got to Reno, met Johnny, had some Vietnamese food, had some sleep. Next morning, checked out like priceless guitars in the underground cellar, private collection of this music shop owner who just did, when we were browsing this regular music shop, he said, "Do you want to see the really interesting stuff?" He took us downstairs to his to the museum. The guitars worth like you know five figures, crazy, and then we went and shot some guns. So nice. that yeah, so that that tour was great. I did the last four dates of that tour in a in a in a Dodge Challenger V8 Emmy, which was ridiculously cool. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so things like that were just just made that make those kind of tours sort of hard to turn down because you know something interesting or cool or different is going to happen. I bet you will end up if we did it. I'm, I'm sure at some point we'll go out with some 
headline and band who are, who are a complete bummer to be around. I hope that never happens, but I do hear that where you know you're treated like like a piece of shit. Yeah. But on those two tours, it was brilliant. You know, really lo- the lovely, lovely people, awesome. um, and we're really proud that we got to do it. So if we never get to tour with any bigger metal bands again, I'll be I'll be happy. But who knows what the future will bring? Next month you're opening for Metallica. We'll find out. Well, we'll be yeah, next you, month, you, but next year. You'll find out for sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'll, I'll. I'm sure I'll put something on Facebook about that. <laughs> I'm opening for Metallica. <laughs> no yeah. big deal. Uh, um, no. So Holly, we've got about six minutes left with John. What What do we want to ask him? That uh, What is your a question you want to ask him at least before we wrap up? I guess. I mean, I'm just curious about the video for Levitation Hoax, just because. I mean, I think it's a cool video, and I'm just wondering what like the. If there is a meaning behind it, maybe there isn't a meaning behind it. Maybe it's just a cool video. But yeah, I, I was just sort of wondering why he chose to have like um, women musicians like performing the song. The first time I saw well, it, I was like, John looks different today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's very pretty. I, um, oh, thanks very much. What do you mean today or on the video? On the video, I mean. Oh, sorry. Okay, <laughs> fine. That's what you meant today. Well, I appreciate that anyway. But um, now that the video's out, I can of course lie and say it was a statement about um sexual equality <laughs> in the music industry but I'm, I'm not going to say that even though that is a serious issue which i wouldn't make light of but in direct response to your question um um we weren't able to attend the the person who we wanted to do the video is based in finland mm. um a chap called a chap called essa and he he's been our booking agent in Finland for um for, since we've since the first time we went over there, and he runs the um um what's the festival called? Uh, Blow up that gramophone festival in Helsinki, which we're playing on the fourteenth of October. Um, so when we were thinking about an idea, I knew what I wanted the video to be. I wanted it to be us on stage, but not us playing to a crowd, and at some point during the set, they all die. And that's what I basically wanted. So that went from that, and then we thought, well, who do we get to play us? And I thought, well, if we can do videos of ourselves sort of grimacing and shouting and just being, like, menacing, we could have kids play on stage, like actual children playing guitar, bass, and drums, singing the song, and have the crowd sort of going a bit crazy, a bit like the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit. And um, uh, that 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 became uh, not a non-starter for obvious reasons, and we th- and Essa suggested that we have three um, three other musicians who happen to be women play us on this video. So I thought, yeah, it's a great idea, and uh, three very very talented musicians and lovely people, and we've gotten to know them as friends now after the video. And uh, we're going to see them in October, so we're, we're we're really excited about that. So the video really was it wasn't deliberate, mm-hmm. not trying to make any statement, even though sexual equality in music is a very serious issue. We weren't trying to address that with the video, in all honesty. But we um, hopefully by having three um, three three women play the parts of three men maybe that might contribute to that debate in some way um in a constructive way which would be awesome but it, it, 
it wasn't our intention. It was kind of an accident, but we think it. Think the video is awesome, and uh, yeah, we're very grateful to them for stepping in. Cool. So, as the final, 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 final question, John, is there anything uh, you would like to say that we might not? Oh, I forgot. We we're going to ask about the tour. We we're going to ask about the tour first. So you have We've some got shows. time. You can, yeah, you can go over. I don't mind. You know, I'm not. Oh. I'm not. I'm not in that way bothered. Okay. Cool. Um. So let's talk about the tour for next month. Uh, for a brief moment. So can you go over, okay. um the tour like any anything about the tour that you're allowed to talk about i don't know what, what we're allowed to talk about so yeah and anything that's announced now so we go we we land on the 26th of um uh october uh yeah october and we the first show is in montreal okay and then we i think we're doing like eight or nine shows maybe and we end up in calgary and then we fly home from calgary on the sunday so yeah that's it basically we've got it's only like nine or ten shows but we just wanted to get some um we just wanted to get get over to either the usa or canada before the end of the year because they're both places that we we enjoy touring and um honestly it's been that long since i've eaten poutine that it really it made it an essential trip because it's good winter food isn't it uh I'm on a diet now, so I can't eat poutine, unfortunately. But um, I agree. I'll I do yours. agree. I, I do agree. Yours. You can you can eat mine. That that's totally fine. Um, I but do. I do agree. Um, I was going to ask you though, why aren't you guys going through the U.S.? Is that just time considerations or what? We we couldn't get the visa in time, but we do have plans. We 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 are working on some dates, and we've got some holds at the moment. So there are plans afoot for that. We need to probably going to get our U.S. visa. Um, paid for and boxed off when we get home from Canada. So does that mean, because I would imagine you would then be doing more Canadian dates once you do the U.S. tour just for financial reasons, or would I be mistaken in thinking that? Possibly. I don't know yet. We um, okay. depends what the demand is, of course. Fair. Uh, we're not hitting, we're not going to Vancouver on this tour. So it's reasonable to suggest that we might go on it when we come over in uh, next year. Yep. So the USA goes not far from Seattle. Cool. Um so yeah, there there are there are plans. There are plans underway. The Canada tours all 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 sorted. Just gonna cool. get the flights in the next day or two. And then the US tour, like I said, is um the US tour is um in the works. So but last question, or I, I keep saying last question, but we'll see. What's your favorite right. Canadian? What's your favorite Canadian place to play, or sorry, city to play, and which one is your least favorite to play? Okay, I'm I'm not going to answer the second question because you're because <laughs> you're allowed guns over there, or at least no, we aren't. Knives. No, we we aren't. We, knives, 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 knives. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not really confident about defending myself against a Canadian person with a knife. So Jesus, Christ. I want to answer the last question. Okay. But I say the most the, the biggest pit we've ever had it was in Montreal, and we've only played That's Montreal once. Yeah, and it was at this place. I think it was called the Crypt or something like that. I don't remember. It was like a red sort of coloured venue. We played there with um, Dope Dope Throne. Oh, nice. And uh, there's a video on or there was on YouTube was playing Back to the Swamp or something, and it was just like <clears> insane. <throat> so that I'm gonna say that that's my favourite ever place to play. Because that's the place where we've had the most memorable pit so far. 
Fair. And then what about the rest of the world? Where 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 other than uh Montreal would be your favorite spot in the world to play? Um oh, so it's hard because we've been around the block a few times. I know you've so, probably been almost everywhere, I would imagine. A few highlights. Few highlights. Playing it, believe it or not, um well, I'll take away that last sentence because that it, it doesn't make sense to say believe it or not. But um Moscow. We played in, in St. Petersburg in 2018, I think. Mm. And we we flew there on our way back from a, a, a tour in New Zealand and Australia. And I had an, I had an umbilical hernia at the time. So yeah. I had my belly, but I had my bowels held in by gaffer tape and a neoprene strap. Um, I had quite a long hernia around my navel. That does not um, sound comfortable. It wasn't no singing was weird because it kept popping out. So that's why I had this. That's why I had the stuff back in all the time. I don't know but how you did up. that, anyways. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. It kept popping out of like it looked like an outie. Oh no! And then I put and then I'd have to push it back in again, and then it became normal. But it, as soon as I put any pressure on my diaphragm, it would pop out again. It was it was wasn't a good sensation. Oh, um, yeah, but that Moscow was awesome because culturally it was a very new place for us. Never seen anything like it. Um, come off stage, and there was just a huge line of people who wanted to shake our hands and get photographs, and like, and it was like, wow. Because I bet you they all weren't Conan fans, but they must have just been a fan of an overseas band coming to see them. Yeah, maybe, maybe because of the way in which certain, maybe this kind of repression over there in some way. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough about the place politically, but nevertheless, they seem very, very happy for us to be there. So that show was. Awesome. And we played in Japan, same yeah. year. Uh, the, the, the last show on that tour was particularly memorable. They were all memorable, but the last show on that tour was memorable because we played in uh, Earth Dom in Tokyo, which hadn't been sold out for 10 years. And we sold that venue out, and it, like, it was just like stage diver after stage diver after stage diver. Nice. That was insane. Just super cool. Awesome. Um, I mean, I'm not going to mention America. Everyone knows how much I love America and Canada. So I'm not even going to go there because I might start crying. But um, yeah, I'd say those two for the novelty factor and also the fact that the shows were just completely, insanely mad. Nice. Tokyo and Moscow. Nice. So which country that you have not been to would you like Conan to conquer next? Uh, um, I'd like to go to Mexico. So I know that they they love metal over there, and we have had some approaches from you, Mexico. You've never been to Mexico? Never been to Mexico. We played in wow. Brazil. Wow! Yeah, I knew that. That's why I thought I figured you guys had been to Mexico. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Cool. No, never been. No, we are. We've had offers. We played in um um San. What the hell is it called? No, it's not San Jose. San Diego. Um, no, it's like right on the border. San something. I thought it was San Diego, but I, my American geography is horrible. So yeah, now we've been to San Diego a couple of times. Yeah, San San Juan. I don't know. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, I can't. But, but, yeah, we we played we played near Mexico. We've, we've never actually, never actually been um, been to it. So, but I know that it it's a cool scene there, and uh, we definitely would like to go there. Hopefully, um, next year. Cool. All right, John, we're going to wrap it up because we're now at the 40 minute mark almost. And uh, so thank you again for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you back again at some point. I mean, you're already a repeat guest. 
Um, maybe next time we'll talk about uh, more about touring or something like that, but we'll figure it out. Yep. Scene gen, we should talk about that next time. That'll be a good one for you. But which one? Scene gen. Hey. Like software platform that we alluded to. I, I know. I, I forgot about that, but that would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, next week we're next week we find out if we've been awarded a grant of seventy five thousand pounds by the local government here. Wow. Which that'll be which good. is being match it's being match funded by a private sector investor nice. who is also gonna give us seventy five grand. So if that all happens, we'll be all up and running by the end of March, and then we'll definitely have something to talk about then. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up the podcast. Thank you again, John, and listen uh, and join us next time on the next episode. And that's it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.